Welcome to the BBSI Entrepreneurs Podcast, the show where we talk about the challenges business owners face every day. We'll share the insights and tools you need to define your business strategy, better manage your teams, and mitigate any risks standing in the way of your success. I'm your host, Lauren Gelfand, Director of Marketing and Communications at BBSI. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we're talking to our Salt Lake City Area Manager, Richard Webb, and we'll be discussing, is a mission statement enough? This is a big meaty topic that we'll be diving into, and our goal today is to bring that down to the level that everybody can think, I need a mission statement. This is something that I'm going to drive for in the future. So with that, I want to introduce Richard Webb. He started his own businesses. He's been an entrepreneur, a consultant. Richard, welcome to the show today. Yeah, Lauren, thank you for having me. I'd love to hear a little bit about your background just from you before we jump in. Well, yeah, I've been a serial entrepreneur, I think is what they call us, people who are crazy enough to go back for more after one does or doesn't work. But I started my first business when I was 12 years old. It was a little number painting business. I went door to door and, and asked people if they wanted their address painted on their curb. And it was cool. I you know, didn't just approach it like like the average 12-year-old. I had business cards and I had flyers and I had you know all the materials and, and, and tried to make it official. And I had a good dad who helped me in that to, to make it a little bit more than just your, your average 12-year-old going door by door. But that kind of set off a chain of events throughout my life and really focused me more on on what I could do myself, as opposed to just going out and going the traditional route to, of education and job. So I've had a number of companies over the years. I've had you know everything from a, a little courier business to a car dealership. Of course, my consulting practice that I did for a number of years and a number of things in between. Some of them worked and some of them didn't. Some of them flopped famously, but you learn in both sides, right? You learn on the things that work and you learn on the things that don't work. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun along the way. I think that's a lot of experience to bring to our conversation today. So let's talk about mission statements. I think that a mission statement often is thought of as this big, huge concept that only giant companies have. But a mission statement just really at its simplest is an explanation of a company's reason for being. At BBSI, ours is BBSI delivers expertise and solutions that enable our clients to prosper. What does a mission statement mean to you? It's a higher purpose. I, I think every company starts off, and you think a small business in particular, which is a lot of what we service here at BBSI. Small business in particular, it's it's about making money, right? You got to get out and got to earn some money and do something and, and make your mark in the world. But having a mission statement, it rises above that, right? It rises above to, okay, what's the purpose of me wanting to make money? What am I going to do with that money? Or what does my company do that, that fills a need in the community or in the world around me? And tapping into that not only gives you more focus and direction within the company, but it helps those that you're working with have that same focus and that same direction. We work with a lot of small to medium-sized businesses, and there are some larger ones in there. How often do you find that the clients that you have actually do have a mission statement defined? Yeah, it's it's really hit and miss, and it's it's surprising, you know, which ones do and which ones don't. You have a, a giant company that's operating. They've been in business for years and they've been doing their thing for a long time, but they really haven't solidified their mission statement. They have some some concepts and some things that they want to do, but maybe haven't haven't gotten around to really solidifying their mission statement. And in contrast, sometimes you have these little tiny companies, a couple of employees and the owner, he or she read a good book somewhere along the way and they decided to start with a with a mission in mind and Lo and behold, they'll have a, a solid mission statement. But I think the rule more commonly is that larger companies do. They've been around. They've kind of gone through the school of hard knocks a little bit. 
and they've established their mission and smaller companies often don't, but you see exceptions. When you see those companies with a mission statement, do you find that they really drive it home or do you feel like sometimes it's just something that they've created and maybe you know, the marketing department created it in tandem with the executives and it exists. But, you know, when you get down to the employees that are working on the line or out in the field, they really are not able to define that statement. Yeah, that's such a such a great question, Lauren, because so many companies, they do that, right? That someone will, will come along and, and they'll have this aspirational vision of what this mission can be for the company. And, you know, it could be the CEO or it could be someone high ranking or it could be the marketing department. And, they put it down on paper and it sounds really good and they maybe they frame it and hang it on a wall and it looks really good and it's really the, you know an exciting message but that's as far as it goes and the employees don't really embrace it they don't get behind it maybe at some level even employees have their own mission that varies a little bit from the company mission and that's problematic right i mean the, the ones that where it works really well is where there's alignment between the mission statement and everybody working along the way. It, it brings that alignment and, and unifies purpose behind everything that they do. You know, I used to have a, a CEO of a company and he used to always compare it to uh, to the football field. Of course, sports analogies are always popular. And and he would explain, you know, the, the coach and the quarterback align on the play. The quarterback gets out there, calls the play. And then you've got somebody out there that is running a different play. They're running a different route. It's not a pass, it's a run. And, and all of a sudden, it just falls apart out there. And it can really cause problems throughout an organization. Yeah, and you see that a lot. Yeah, Unfortunately, even companies that have a solid mission statement, not everybody's bought in. To use your analogy, you do have that one player that's off doing their own thing. The other players on the field don't know what that person is doing. And they may have their own ideas. And now you may have five or six or seven different directions that people are trying to advance and it just doesn't work. Same thing can happen within a company. Everybody has to be pulling the cart the same direction as it were. How do you bring that to life with a company? Let's say you get with a new client and they have a mission statement established. How do you advise them to sort of bring that down to earth, to bring that onto the level that everybody from the you know, production employee to the janitor to the C-suite is, is aligned and rowing in that same direction? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's not easy to do. A good mission statement is more than just words. It's an emotional connection, right? There's something emotional behind the words, some higher purpose that ties in and people can buy in emotionally. But not everybody's going to feel that emotion just by reading the statement or hearing it from someone else, right? They have to, that something has to happen so that they can buy in and they can feel that same emotion. And the companies that succeed in doing that are companies that drive that that emotion or drive that uh, that mission at every turn, and they help their employees understand how they can drive that mission at every turn. They talk about it, they train on it, they train their employees on, on how to do their work in alignment with that mission, but they spend a lot of time. And sometimes it can take years for everybody to really truly buy into even the best of mission statements. And do you find those companies that, that really get that statement entrenched see more success than the companies that perhaps don't have that mission? hundred percent. Absolutely. It's unification of purpose. When you can get everybody working towards the same goals, you'll have that synergy. You'll have way more success. We have a, we have a great example of a client here in, in the Salt Lake branch. It's a roofing company of all things. And you think, well, well what in the world would a, would a roofing company have for a mission statement? And it, but it's pretty simple. It's to do good in their community and to give back to their community. And they do that with resources, they do that with time, they do that with, with uh, themselves in, in a leadership role, they do it with their employees. And they drive a lot of results and their business thrives because of it. But it's taken years of them reinforcing that messaging. And every time there's a key decision that comes up, 
Um, not only will they make the decision in line with the mission statement, but they'll tell everybody that they're making it in line. Like, here's how it connects to our mission. Here's how it connects to us making our community a better place. Here's something that we're doing as a company, and this is why it connects to our mission of us making our community a better place. So it's, it's a lot of reinforcing and showing people that uh, decisions that are being made within the company are in alignment with that, uh, that overall mission statement. If you do that long enough, employees start to feel the emotion of that. They start to see their leaders doing that. They start to see their own opportunities to make key decisions and tie those decisions back to the, the alignment of that mission. Uh, when that starts to happen, then you, yeah, you do see some fantastic results. Uh, not only are people doing, in this case, doing great work in the community with the company, but their heart's in their work. And they, they can really pour everything into their work and advance the cause because it promotes such a great higher purpose. I would guess that that permeates beyond just the company itself. I mean, it, it helps with hiring. It helps with stature and standing in the community itself. I mean, there are so many other pieces, I feel like, if you can have that that mission defined that help your company grow and succeed. Because somebody may think, well, you know, that mission statement, that's not going to help me grow the business. But I think that if you do have everybody aligned and running the same play, going in that same direction, it helps with hiring. It helps with retention. It helps with just general business growth. When you're thinking about choosing from a number of competitors out there, if you have a company that's very, very mission driven and you align with that, I feel like you would choose that company over one that did not have it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, it becomes a culture. You know, we use the word culture a lot in the coaching work that we do here at BBSI. Every branch will talk about culture and how you drive a solid culture within the company. That's exactly what we're talking about here as people embrace and they, they get behind a unified mission and they can all work together to, to accomplish that mission. That builds a culture. And you're absolutely right that that, that manifests itself in the hiring in the retention, in landing new work, in, you know, in every facet of, of what makes a successful company. And it's why having a, having a mission, not just having a mission statement, but having a mission that everybody buys into is such an important component of running a successful business. So Richard, what are some of the tactical, more tangible ways that you can create that culture and sort of reinforce that mission within, within a company? Yeah, it's got it's to start with every employee. It's got to start the day they're hired. I'll go back to the roofing company that I mentioned before. If the mission is to do good in the community, that starts on day one. People have to see not only that you're real about that, that you really are doing good things in the community, but they need to see ways that they can do the same and the, way, the ways that they can use their position to, to do good work in the community. But whatever it is, it has to start early and it has to be consistent, you know, especially in those first 90 days, just repeated messaging, repeated messaging. It's, it's embedded in every training that you do. It's embedded in every interaction that they have as, as part of, I don't know if they have, you know, if you have reviews or you have, you know, performance enhancement things that you're doing along the way, whatever you're doing, it's uh, bringing that mission into it and showing them how real it is and showing how committed the company is to it. It's difficult, I think, to create that if you haven't had it before or haven't even thought about it before. So let's say that you bring on a new client and they're sort of struggling a little bit, maybe with hiring retention, maybe the culture just isn't there. What are some of the ways that you start them thinking about how to create that mission statement? Oh, yeah. Such an, such an important part of the work that we do here at BBSI. It's really hard to set goals with a client and, and help that client 
pursue goals. When I talk about a client, I talk about a, a business, a small business that we're working with. It's really hard to set goals with a small business if they don't have aspirations, if they're not going somewhere. And if the only place that they're going is to put money in the bank, that's that's really hard to aspirationally get people to to get behind, to get people to buy in. There's got to be a purpose. And so we'll work with them before we even start coaching on here's how you accomplish your goals or here's some things that you can do to work towards your goals or here's how you can get your employees to work towards your goals. You've got to set really good goals. You have to set some things that people can really put their heart and soul into. And just filling up the bank account is not something that people can put their heart and soul into. And so you got to find those things that really resonate. And once you find those and you can start working towards, okay, now we have some solid goals that we can work to. And these are things, and you can see people in these meetings. You can see uh, these business owners in these meetings when we start talking about these aspirations and their goals, they, they perk right up, right? They'll sit, they'll come, they'll sit up and they'll sit towards the end of their chair and they're engaged and they're excited because now we've, we've connected with them. We've, we've made that emotional connection with them as they talk about what their aspirations are beyond just making money in the company and having a purpose, having a higher purpose. And as soon as you start to see that, then you can work with that company. Okay, let's work towards that. Whatever it is that we just connected with, let's work towards that as a company. And now let's get your employees working towards that. Let's build your culture around that. But there's really not much we can do setting goals and working towards goals without a foundation of a really good aspirational vision and mission beyond just making money. I think that's such a key point of moving from the tactical to the strategic, because so often we work with businesses that are so deep in their day to the day. I mean, we named our podcast The Entrepreneurs because a lot of the entrepreneurs and the business owners we work with are doing everything, right? They're thinking about what do I have to do today? They may not even be thinking about what do I have to do tomorrow? And getting them to sit down and think about a long term and put a plan together is a tremendous shift for a lot of the owners. Absolutely. I'll give you another example here. We've got another another client that we've worked with just this past week. She's a smart business owner. She's been in business for a number of years. She owns a series of family photography and uh, school photography, that type of thing. She, she's smart. She's done a really good job. And then she's kind of taken a step back from the business a little bit as she has some other interests that, that has really pulled on her time. Uh, and the company hasn't, the last couple of years, hasn't gone exactly where she's wanted it to go. And so she knows that she has to come back in and uh, be a little more hands-on with the company. Well, as we're talking with her about doing that, there's some apprehension. She has these other interests and these other focuses and not sure if she wants to go go back in neck deep into the business and, and do everything that she knows that she needs to do to grow the business back where she wants it. And so you can see this conflict within her, right? The, the pull to do the things that she loves versus the pull to do the things that she needs to do within the business. And it's just this tug of war. You can see it in her face. And then we start talking about our goals. We say, okay, let's, let's take a break from just talking about what has to happen in your company. What's your why? Why do you want to do this? What's, you know, why don't you scrap everything and, and just leave the company to somebody else and, and, and not have to worry about it and go out do all the things that you love? And she talked about it being a vehicle to accomplish more of these things on, in, in her things that she loves category, right? Giving her more resources to go out and, and, and do some things that are really meaningful and important to the community. And once we make that connection, as soon as we make that connection, it was amazing to see that tug of war within her goes away. 
And she's all of a sudden, she's excited to get back in and work in the company, not because she loves the work in the company. She recognizes that those are, that's, that's a means to an end, but she really loves the idea of getting, uh, getting resources together that, so that she can go out and do this other really meaningful work that she loves to do. And so she's excited about it again, and she's committed, and she's going to go in and, and have, a, have a huge impact on the company because of this emotional connection now that she has back to those goals. So it's making that connection. That connection is a really important strategy is one thing. You can put all the strategy up on the board and, and up on the walls, and you can do all kinds of good work in showing people what the strategy can be. But until there's an emotional connection with a higher purpose, it's really hard to get anybody, even when it's the owner, really excited about it. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting example of using the emotion to reconnect somebody's passion. A lot of a lot of our owners got into the business because they liked doing that thing that they started the business for. Yeah. And they may not have thought about all the things that drag on a business owner on a daily basis, all the other things that pull your attention away from pursuing your passions in other directions, or even growing the company, getting it ready for sale, getting it ready for the next phase. The emotional connection is is so important. Have you ever found or come across any businesses that maybe have a misguided or misdirected mission that needed to be rethought? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's. I mean, there are a lot of times when you, when owners can have that emotional draw to do something that in their mind is meaningful, but in nobody else's mind is it meaningful, right? Like it, like an owner's really passionate about going and and doing something that they think is so. You know, maybe it's on the other side of the world or something, and maybe it really is a meaningful thing. But especially to that owner, it's really it's really something that they want to pursue, but it's not something that anybody else is interested in doing. Uh, and until they make that connection, it just doesn't go anywhere. So one of two things has to happen in that case. Either that owner needs to needs to find a different mission, something that everybody can get behind and everybody resonates with, or that owner has to find a way to get everybody on board. It has to find a way to make that emotional connection. But yeah, all the time there are companies out there that have a good mission statement. It's aspirational. It's, it's it's purposeful. It's got a got a really good emotional connection, maybe even for the owner and the leadership team. But it doesn't go farther than that. And because it doesn't go farther than that, it never has the impact that a really good mission statement that everybody buys into can have within an organization. I think that's an interesting point to take a moment and, and sort of ponder on for our listeners out there and our business owners. Do you have a mission statement? And if you do, is it taking you in the right direction? And that's not just only for you, but for the the company as a, as a whole. How many other stakeholders are part of that mission? You know, sometimes you think of just the people, your employees at the company, but that can extend beyond to your family, partners, your investors, your community. I think that there's such a larger impact that that mission can have. I, I go back to the first example you gave about, you know, making the community a better place to be for a roofer. I think that that's such an aspirational goal. In reality, they're building homes for people to live in. And supporting the community, that's fantastic. Yeah, it, it, it can make it such a huge difference. And you're right, Lauren, the, the different ways that it shows up. You know, we've talked about the ways that it, it builds the, the culture and that people can have a purpose and they can have something that they're working for. And it shows up in, in the community. It shows up with their vendors and their partners and other people that work with that roofing company because people want to be tied to a good cause. People want to have purpose. It's one of the one of the great motivating factors in life. I refer back to a book that I read years ago. I refer to it all the time. It's uh, Drive by Daniel Pink. And he talks about the three things that we all need to be motivated. And it's in autonomy, having a level of autonomy where we can, we can call the, our own shots to some degree. Mastery, where we can get really good at something. And the third and probably the most important is having a purpose, having something that's purposeful and meaningful. 
And so, yeah, it could be it could be a vendor of a roofing company. It could be a partner. It could be a banker. It could be someone who's not involved in the company at all, but has an opportunity to do work to, to support this company. And they recognize, hey, in a small way, me supporting this company is me doing something good for my community. And that gives me purpose and allows me to piggyback my purpose onto their purpose and gives me fulfillment and helps me find motivation in working with them. So yeah, absolutely. It, it, it connects so many different ways. That's amazing when you can have a mission statement that's strong enough to connect beyond your borders, beyond your walls and your own employees and out to your vendors and your family members. I mean, I think that that's a pretty aspirational goal for a mission statement to be able to have that sort of reach. Taking the time to do it right is a really important part of creating the mission statement, doing it the right way, right? You know, it's easy to read a book or maybe even listen to this podcast and think, oh, I'm a business owner. I need to create a mission statement. And I really like doing this. I really like the idea of doing this. And that would be such a noble purpose and a noble cause for me to build a mission statement around. So they do. And they print it and they hang it on the wall. And they go high five all their employees and say, hey, this is our new mission statement. And it maybe it just doesn't go anywhere after that. And they don't really spend the time to, to think through and, and really get their employees on board and, and that emotional, you know, drive that emotional connection with everybody. So I, I would just say if, if there's a company looking to, for, for that type of mission statement to, to really have it be an emotional connection with themselves and with their employees and even the community around them, like we're talking about, take some time and do it right. Right. Like, don't just come up with a thought and post it on the wall. I remember working um, in my consulting work. I remember working with a company not long before I came to BBSI, actually. And the business owner, he was well educated, had his Ivy League education, good businessman. He'd had a couple of businesses before and he'd operated this business that I was working with him in. I'd operated it for about a year and a half and it was doing OK. It wasn't doing great. It was just doing OK. And he realized that he needed to do something differently. He wanted to really supercharge the business, right? So he comes in one day and he says, okay, everybody, here's our mission. And he has it written down and he puts it up on the wall and he's smart enough to know that he, he has to do more than that. So he, he has a pocket full of $5 bills and he goes around and has people verbatim recite back to him the mission statement. Every time they do, he hands out a $5 bill. The problem with it is that there wasn't an emotional connection. Nobody connected with the mission. Nobody connected with the owner the way that he was kind of forcing the issue, I think, is, is the, the sentiment with the employees. They kind of felt like he was just kind of pushing the issue, just kind of forcing the issue. And, of course, when people feel forced, there's, there's no emotional connection. They don't buy it emotionally. So it, it takes some time to do it right. You, you, know, you can't just hang it on the wall and then just expect everybody to, to love it and embrace it. It may take something beyond you and, and your immediate leadership team to come up with and maybe sit down with some employee groups, maybe sit down with your key people and, and their key people and ask some questions, find out what's meaningful to them and find out what connections they themselves can make to a meaningful purpose within the community or within the world around them. And that may give you a better mission statement. It'll certainly give you something that uh, people will buy into because they were part of creating it. So my point is, if, if you're going to go out and create a mission statement, don't do not do it halfway. Don't just throw something on the wall and, and go high five everybody and expect everybody to love it and, and live it. Really think through it. Get your team involved. Uh, you're building a culture. If you're building a culture, get everybody involved. Come up with the right mission statement. Come up with something that everybody can really, really get behind and then reinforce that message at every turn work with your team, build your culture around that mission, and you'll see some phenomenal results. You do it the right way. 
I think the key too is for it to be memorable. I, I have experience in my career where I worked for a company that had such a complicated mission statement that they would give an exam to all the employees twice a year <laughs> and they would grade you on it. Yeah. And it, it almost felt demoralizing because if you didn't get 100%, they would mark you down. And it was almost like, oh, well, if you can't memorize these, I mean, it was a front and back of a full sheet of paper that, you know, you weren't living the mission, that you weren't committed to the company. And, and, and I think that that had a negative effect on the employees that were there. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to what we're talking about, it's really hard to make an emotional connection when you're, you're forcing people, when you're, when you're testing them and you're giving them an exam that they can either pass or fail. And if somebody fails, it's demoralizing. And it's, I mean, that, there's no emotional connection there. And certainly the simplicity, right? You got to have, you got to have something that's, that's simple enough. I mean, emotions are hard to drum up or hard to tap into with, you know, something that's really long and wordy and, and hard to recite. It's got to be something that, that an employee or that somebody working with the company can bring to mind really quickly. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I love the emotional aspect and I also love the aspirational aspect of of the mission statement. I had looked up a couple mission statements. Of course, these are for giant memorable companies, but, you know, Coca-Cola is to refresh the world and to inspire moments of optimism and happiness to create value and make a difference. I mean, for a, a soda company that sells essentially sugar water, that's a pretty broad mission statement. The other one that I had looked up was Apple's, which is to bring the best user experience to its customers through innovative hardware, software, and services. That one, to me, is not emotional. It's more of that functional need, right? So I think it, it can definitely span functional, aspirational, emotional. But to your point, getting the buy-in and the memorableness, the stickiness of that statement is what's going to allow it to permeate your culture and to really create that company as a great place to work. And again, that's going to help you hire employees, it's going to help you keep employees. And, and overall, over time, it may seem like, you know, a difficult exercise up front, but it really can help a company be successful. Yeah, it can, it can make a huge difference. Getting everybody, getting a culture to, to work together and, and do things in the same direction for the same reason, do them the same way. It's, I mean, that's where the magic happens within an organization. That's, that's the synergy that every company aspires to achieve and, and it can be done through that, through that mission, uh, a purposeful, important mission that everybody can get behind. Richard, thank you for sharing all your, your thoughts today and, and the examples of, of some of the clients that you worked with and your own examples from your own past and your, your experience in business. I think I'm hoping that you know our listeners today are listening to this and, and thinking that they want to embark down this journey and how much it can impact their company and their culture. Absolutely. And I'm really happy for the opportunity, Lauren, that uh, I've had here to, to chat with you and to hopefully pass along some awesome tips to, to the business community. My heart resides in the business community. You know, I tell, I tell our people as part of our mission from our branch, the, the, the phrase that we hear all the time regarding small business is that small business is the backbone of our economy. And if small business is the backbone of our economy and we're supporting small business, we're doing some pretty awesome work within not just our community, but in the economy of our, our community, our state and our nation. My heart resides in small business and, and I love to see small business succeed. So hopefully uh, some of the things that we've talked about can can trickle out there into the community and, and do some good work themselves in, in fortifying and strengthening small businesses. I think so. I can hear the passion in your voice and I just really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you, Lauren. To all our business owners out there, thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're looking for more resources to support your business, visit our website at bbsi.com and subscribe to our monthly business owner newsletter, the BBSI Insider. 
We'd also love it if you'd subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss out on the latest insights from our BBSI business professionals.